Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with us today is Peter from the Test Reel. How's it going, Peter? Hey, it's going good. Cool. Um, Long-time listeners of the show might remember way back in episode three of Amusement Sparks that this guy was our, our guest, like the first guest on the show that I didn't already know from real life. So, uh... Your guesting on the show is a big step forward and like a big glimpse into the future of what the podcast would be where I've, I've met, you know, over 50 guests. I think we're about at 60 now. Um, most of them I've never met in real life. Um, so you started that trend, which is pretty wild and something that will always stand throughout space and time. And congratulations. <laughs> um, and you have a new podcast coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called The Test Reel. So it's just going to be a movie TV podcast. We're not sure yet. We're pretty much just going to talk about our lives, and then maybe a movie eventually. But that's amazing. That sounds really cool. Um, the test reel, and do you have like uh, social media and stuff that you can plug for it? Yeah, so we have a Twitter, but there's literally nothing on it right now. It's uh, at test reel pod. That's real R E E L. So very cool. That's exciting. Yeah, I I like listening to people talk about movies and using that as a framing device to just kind of like chit chat like i mean i think that's why podcasts exist or like was at least hugely foundational to the the beginning of the art form and yeah that's that's fantastic i love hearing about new shows that are coming out that's really cool um yeah so i, I appreciate you taking a risk on amusement sparks by you know being a guest even though we were nothing show arguably we're still a nothing show but um at least we have a lot more episodes now and uh i mean you've had some pretty great guests so thanks I, I appreciate that um yeah it's it's wild what you can accomplish by just sliding into people's dms on twitter respectfully and with an invitation to be on a podcast i mean <laughs> don't do anything creepy um but yeah people actually are available to like play ball and like go try your new weird podcast out so <sighs> i'm a lucky boy that is for sure and uh yeah Thanks to uh, everybody who's like listened to the show over the years and written reviews on their podcatcher of choice because I think that that helps you know people find the show and guests might do a quick Google like if I invite them on and they're like who's this weirdo and they Google it and the show has good reviews like that can't hurt the chances of getting good guests on the show right so uh, yeah man it's a it's a fun thing and last time. Uh, the the very first episode we did, which was episode three, was it was Forgotten Realms, the Dungeons and Dragons yeah. uh, episode, and yeah, I've since gone on to have the chance to interview a lot of people who worked in the early days of Dungeons and Dragons on that property, and it's pretty uh, wild the directions my life has taken since then. I'm also <laughs> very excited about today's topic. Hopefully, this is uh you know showing what my future will hold which is the creators of some of these properties which would be really cool but we're going to be talking about the x-men today why uh why'd you pick that topic what do they mean to you so when i i don't know growing up i was like really big into comics but i was really only into the x-men mm -hmm. and i don't i don't know what like something about like the team dynamic and these people who were inherently different than the rest of the world I just, like, really grew attached to them. I'm with you. I feel like they were such an icon of, like, the 90s. I know they weren't created in the 90s, but, like, that's when I grew up. And, like, going into comic book shops, they were such a huge staple. And just kind of – that felt like a decade for, like, the alternative to be kind of accepted and, like, um, available. And I feel like the X-Men were for sure an alternative group of people. And, I mean, they're mutants, first of all, which is, like, a powerful – 
allegory and represents so much. And I think a lot of us kind of weirdos uh, relate to that. And then just seeing this team of, of superpowered people, you know, good guys and bad guys. And there's a lot of shades of gray in the X-Men too, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah, and a lot of grays in general, I guess. Uh, is that a pun? I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's not no X Men is like no one's really bad in the X Men universe. They just everybody has their own agenda. Yeah, that's true. They're they're like nuanced characters. They're like fleshed out characters. There's not like a Superman in the bunch. You know what I mean? Like um, even minor characters have like some interesting angle to them. Uh, I know Superman can be portrayed in interesting ways. I just the default Superman in my head I, is so I, boring. I don't believe that. <laughs> I really don't like Superman as a character. I thought that Red Sun was cool. Okay. <laughs> that's not Superman. That's not like yeah, you're right. Clark Kent. Mm, good point. Um, yeah. So I, I always loved the X-Men growing up too. Like I felt like the video games were always cool. The characters are so colorful. Like a lot of the things that are attractive about Marvel comics versus DC comics are kind of the X-Men. Like, a representation of much more diverse characters like really colorful costumes um the like the sense of humor and the team dynamics like i don't know i feel like the justice league like most dc you know groups like justice society of america that kind of thing there's rarely a ton of dysfunction whereas i feel like the x-men is the opposite where there's like it's generally dysfunctional occasionally they'll come in sync for like the end of a of a book or something and then that's really exciting and really cool want to see them all firing on all cylinders but but that also makes like that makes the x-men feel more li- like real yeah. because they all have their own dysfunctions they're all different people and they all have their own issues but in the end they're like one big family uh, that's so true and i absolutely love that like just <sighs> I know people like DC and that's valid, but I just feel like compared to Marvel, it feels so artificial and the characters feel so basic and like you can understand them really quickly. Like they're really broad strokes characters. The X-Men have such nuance and Marvel in general has a lot of nuance. And yeah, the X-Men also, I love that the roster is so huge. Like (laughs) when I was like, you brought up the topic of X-Men, I was like, Oh, I'm so excited. And I'm picturing like the characters from basically the nineties animated series. Um, and then I quickly started to think about the comics that I've read over the years and like, oh, there's a lot of characters here. Like, this could be a 12-hour long episode if we wanted it to be. Wait, do you have 12 hours to record? We should have talked about this before we started. Oh, no, I don't have 12 hours. But <laughs> that was a joke. I mean, I think I have to go to work in 12 hours. But... <laughs> right, right. Okay, fine. Well, we'll have to keep it to a regular length. Sorry, folks. We almost... But I'm down with going through every single X-Men and then rating them. <laughs> Wow, I wonder how I would hold up or how anyone would hold up to doing like a marathon podcast where it's like we're recording for 24 hours and we're going to cover every single Marvel character ever, like <laughs> into a theme park. Uh, the quality of the show that's, that's too would just absolutely collapse after several hours. Do you have a favorite X-Men? Oh, man. Yes. Uh, actually, I don't legally know if he has ever been an X-Man. Uh, X-Men. X. Well, can you say X-Man to mean singular if you're not talking about X-Man, like uh, Nate Gray? I don't, you know, that's a good question to ask someone from Marvel. Uh, yeah. I think it's just always X-Men. Okay. I don't know. A single X-Men c- character. 
um, my favorite is Wolverine's son. I believe it's pronounced Dokken. It's Japanese, but he was Dark Wolverine for a while. That's where I first encountered him. Yeah, he's uh, a really cool guy and really unique character. Definitely in the gray area between heroes and villains. Mostly a complete monster, um, but really cool and really likable. Um, and just, I don't know, alternative. Like, he's bisexual he like is very adaptable to different environments and seems to be some kind of he's has psychopathy of some sort i imagine um or definitely some huge personality disorders and uh he's just a cool character and he has a mohawk and like bone claws that come out like wolverine used to but um this one he's got he has two like one between the pointer and middle knuckle one between the ring and pinky knuckle and then one comes out of his wrist on the bottom like the other side so kind of yeah it's a really cool shape a really cool visual and he can emit pheromones to kind of like manipulate people so there's kind of this like um really like attractive quality to him like in like in a literal sense of like attracting people and so yeah his storylines tend to be a lot about like manipulation and not just sheer force i don't know if he's ever been an x-man though which is kind of too bad i need to look it up um well, technically, they're all X-Men now. Like, oh, really? <clears throat> every mutant ever, they're all working together now. Oh, cool. In the, in the current comics, it's very good. I'm glad to hear that they're being more inclusive now. Um, he was certainly one of the dark X-Men, which, uh, yeah, was a team at a certain point. I'm, I'm not current on the comics. I read DC and Marvel pretty voraciously in, like, <clears throat> let's say 2008 through 2000. 15 or something like that that was my like real peak of comics reading as far as like superhero stuff um how about yourself do you have a favorite x-men character so my favorite would be quentin choir oh cool or like kid kid omega yeah he's just the best he's sarcastic he's an anarchist Mm -hmm. like deep down he wants to do good but he also just wants to cause chaos and make psychic shotguns <laughs> right go on solo missions with wolverine and he's kind of like a star pupil uh at the academy right yeah i think is he an assistant or a teacher or something he's moved into some other kind of role by now i believe um i have no idea what he's doing right now currently but he was just a student i don't think he was i don't think they would let him be a teacher <laughs> right i'm but then again some of the track records of people that they let teach at that place um <laughs> are are dubious <laughs> <laughs> they don't run background checks, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and, like, I feel like so many people used to be villains. or I mean, that's that's how it is, I guess, when you're a mutant. You know, when society's against you so hard, it's hard to come off, like, a white knight at the end of the day. Like, you're going to have to do some things to, like... God, I love the way that, that mutants are depicted in the comics, the animated series, the TV show, etc. Uh, I meant to say movie, but other TV shows, true, too. Um <sighs> how they're like it's just like this this outcast group um and it makes for such justifiable outcomes like you could see why someone would become a villain if they're born a mutant that kind of thing like there's there's so much compelling stuff going on in the narrative there um and it makes sense why everyone's a shade of gray in that whole all of mutant kind um even if you're trying to do the right thing and trying to be a, a good, you know, person the whole time, their society is like is pretty discriminatory towards them, and like there's just a lot of systematic oppression and stuff, um, which makes for some pretty compelling reading. And I imagine that pretty much every mutant 
has a police record of some kind, you know? <laughs> so yeah, traditional background checks are not uh, not part of the process. <laughs> so, like, the, they relaunched all the X-Men comics about two years ago, two and a half years ago, um, with a comic called House of X and Powers of X. Hmm. So pretty much what happened is, like, they made their own island in the Pacific Ocean, um, and they literally, it's their own sovereign nation, and any mutant, good or bad, could come live there, and, like, their past is wiped away, so if you're a villain, you could live there for, like, with everybody else in harmony. Wow. So they made their own utopia, and it's felt like the world coming to terms with this new nation, um, who is quite powerful and could pretty much do whatever they want. No kidding. Like, talk about, like, a military force <laughs> of, like, a small nation. Yeah. That's wild. But they're also, like, curing diseases and, like, helping other countries. And that's how they're swaying powers with, like, the rest of the world. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They're, they have a ton of scientific minds in the X-Men as well. Whenever I think about the X-Men, it does make me want to go pick up whatever the current issue of something X-Men related is. I just haven't done it in a while. Maybe I should get back into it. I'm telling you, House of X, they call it Hot Spots. <laughs> okay, now I'm It's in. just a good starting, it's just a good starting point. Cool, I, I do like a relaunch for that kind of stuff, like for cleaning up the canon a little bit and like giving everyone a good entry point. That's really cool. Yeah. I've just, I've moved into manga and books, and also I've just been busy, but I miss comics. I really do. Oh, man. Um, I miss theme parks. Yeah, let's get into that one, too. Yeah. Like we said, it's an, it's a, an immense roster, uh, and there's tons of characters that deserve to be represented here. But, um, yeah, how do you walk into an X-Men theme park? Like, what is the overall thing, do you think? So I guess, like, if we go, like, iconic build, like, mm -hmm. the entrance would have to be, like, the skull, the Xavier skull. Right? Cool. Maybe, like, a huge, the mansion. You're literally walking into the mansion, into the park. That's amazing. Oh, well, that immediately, my mind jumps to the danger room, and you could do pretty much anything you would ever want to do, even if it's, like, a what-if situation or reenacting any scene from any canon existing or new canon uh and just say oh yeah this is a danger room we uh it's a simulation and so we can put any characters we want to in here it doesn't matter if there's already a walk around character of iceman out there iceman can be in here too iceman can be in the next danger room over too because it's a simulation like yeah the actors oh, that's a different point. yeah oh, man that's a good point you can have multiple character interactions because like if it's the danger room anything yeah, and you can have younger versions of the characters, and you can have older versions of the characters, and man, you can have, yeah, all the different, like, interpretations and different costumes, and all of that stuff can be represented at once. I think, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about the Danger Room before just now, honestly, but I think that's it. We just say um, anything can happen at this theme park, because we have several copies of the Danger Room, and I think that's a record on shortest episode ever. Whatever you can imagine, yeah. We can just wrap it up. <laughs> and everything the audience is, is thinking right now about what could be happening in those danger rooms, that's also happening. So there's infinite universes, and they're all within this theme park, and nailed it. 
we can indulge you though. We can go a little bit more into actual specifics, but I think that that framing mechanism absolutely nails it and like is kind of the perfect thing for amusement sparks. Actually, I wish every fandom had a danger room because uh, then doing this podcast would be so easy and so boring. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think so. that that works. Uh, that would be really cool. I, I love the idea of walking through the school too. Like, I'm a former teacher, and I love education. And like, it would be so cool to see these X Men characters teaching a class, and then the new generation of X Men in class. You know, either thriving or failing, or dozing off, or flirting with their I friend. Would, I would, I would pay. I would pay to go to a park where I take like geography with like storm like no kidding what an amazing perspective that those teachers have too like storm for example any i mean really any omega level mutant like uh it's pretty insane to even fathom what they're capable of it's it's like taking a class from a god or a demigod or something it's just insane like the the powers that storm has and so, yeah, yeah, her perspective on weather would be pretty cool, or, or geography, or, like, just, like, her scale of what reality is is different than, than the average person, which is so cool and so fascinating. And, yeah, there's there's so many, like, um, people who have, like, telepathy and, like, mental powers that are in the X-Men, and trying to take a class with one of them who could just read your mind at any time. And if you're thinking about, um, you know, acting up, they can just erase that thought from your mind. Like, there's some pretty scary implications there. If you're, a, if you're like, vice principal who's in charge of discipline could literally, like, erase your brain at a moment's notice. Um, I think they would have to be grounded. <laughs> I imagine that they already have those in place. But just the concept of it. But then also, like, half the students are psychic, too. Yeah. Like, the, the, the Stefford Cuckoos, there's five of them. And they're a hive mind. Whoa. I don't want to be around them ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being a teenager is awkward enough. I mean, this this is just such the beauty of the X-Men anyway, but like um, being a teenager, trying to find yourself, coming to terms with being a mutant, trying to figure out what your powers are and not kill anybody, but you maybe you do want to kill somebody and like you have to figure out how to control your emotions and control your powers and um, not be influenced by your, you know, jerk of a brother who has psychic powers like there's so much to be looking out for it would be such a like overwhelming environment in life that uh i think it'd be fascinating to be able to walk through and look at that because i think yeah i feel like so much of the x-men stuff really thrives when it's teenagers um it's just a really powerful time of life and i feel like that's when most of us feel the most like an x-men character maybe um Uh like really capable but really unsure and really like kind of all over the place and overwhelmed and uh yeah realizing what your life can be and what your potential is to either be a good guy or a bad guy and making your own path and god there's so many cool moments right there so um yeah just walking through a school like seeing any of these characters meeting with like a guidance counselor would be just fascinating and seeing how they are in class and like maybe being able to take a class i like that do you think the park guest is being treated as if they're a mutant Yeah, what if you go through, like, the whole training, like, you go into the school, you learn what your power is, you might not be able to use the power, but you <laughs> learn what it is, and then you're like, oh, here, let's train to become an X-Men. Yeah. And then once you're done with training, you could go out to, like, all these other locations. That's really cool, and you can take that power with you, like, I mean, 
we could figure out like an ever expanding, you know, number of powers that we can randomly assign people, or maybe there's like a sorting hat type of situation or something, um, an onboarding process. Maybe you're you're applying to be a new student at the school or something, and they ask you about your powers, and like there's a little test or or a danger room type thing. Maybe it's like a scenario where they're like, let's test out what your powers are. And it could be a randomly generated thing. Like, you know, you put your hand out and like either something's going to shoot out of it, some plasma or fire or lightning or something. Or like when you put your hand out, you can move stuff around. Like it could just be a basically like a, you know, Xbox Connect type thing. And we just randomly assign what it does (laughs) to each person. And like, yeah, some people can fly. Like you have all the different powers of all the X-Men plus just random superhero powers that we could throw in there into a kind of a randomizer. And then at at various points throughout the park, you can interact with stuff. You know, if you have fire powers, then there can be different, like, interactable moments throughout the park that have pyrokinetics. And is that the right word? I mean, interactivity is, like, that's the future of things. For sure, for sure. It absolutely is. And, and like, VR-type stuff. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily be a head-mounted display, but interactive Mm -hmm. digital stuff, for sure. Like a lot of AR, yeah. like AR glasses, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I mean, the danger room could be so cool in and of itself, like being a room scale VR type thing. Like, it would be so. It gets cool. me so excited. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait till I go back to an actual game park, which will probably forever. I don't know. We'll see, man. <laughs> I live so close to him, and I can't go to. Uh, that is really tragic. I'm I'm sorry about your state right now. The state of your state. <laughs> The state of my state is terrible. I know. If if Florida doesn't have the theme parks, then then why are you living there? <laughs> I don't. I'm kidding. I don't, I will, it's beautiful. Luckily, luckily I did Star Wars uh, the day before everything shut down. Wow, cool. How was it? So, that was like last March. Last yeah, yeah, like 15 April, months ago. Oh wait, I did my yeah. math wrong. 18 months ago. Wild. And I got oh, I got to ride all the rides. And then I was like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't have gone here. <laughs> we shouldn't have came today. Mm. Was it amazing, though? Yeah, oh my god. Rise of the Resistance is probably the best ride I've ever been on. Wow. And I don't even really like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, wow, I'm I'm in. I'm 100% in. I'm so glad to hear that. And, like, what I've seen about the park and watched on YouTube and stuff like that, like, it seems just phenomenal. And just a little glimpse of like 10% of what the future is going to hold. You know, like I feel like our, most of our lifetimes theme parks have been relatively similar. It's been like a steady little progression, but now it's getting into like exponential growth of how immersive things can be and how interactive things can be. And like uh, how well designed they can be and stuff like, like meow wolf. Like there's so many different innovators going on. And, And a lot of the stuff that's going on in VR really is going to be in theme parks soon or replace theme parks altogether. And it's just exciting to think about. Um, I also love when the fandom itself, like, translates really well into the physical world. Like, like the Danger Room, for example. Like, that came up as, like, oh, this is a thing that exists in this universe, and it would make any attraction possible and feasible and doable and believable. Like, oh, thank you, X-Men. I wonder if they predicted uh, VR. And they're like, you know what would be so cool if right now we invent the Danger Room because eventually there will be the technology for this to actually exist so people can either get you know, a VR experience or go to a theme park and go into their own Danger Room. Ah, so cool. And it could even be a framing device like 
like the queue area walking into the attraction, there can be like kind of a loading area where it's like you're entering the danger room, you're in like an empty danger room, and then a door opens, yeah. you walk through that door, and then there's like a complete jungle set or something, and it's like, oh, well, you're just in the danger room, it just finally loaded the the graphics and all the um, simulation. Oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, that sounds so good. <laughs> what if it like, because like, we have to ride an X-Jet. There's no oh. X-Men without an X-Jet. Yes. So what if like, you travel between the lands, like you get into an X-Jet, and maybe it's like a monorail, like you can't really see, but it like you feel like you're in the X-Jet traveling to like another location. What a gorgeous design too. That vehicle is so cool. I'm thinking of the toy from like the late 90s. Um that I had, like, the wings came off on it. It was, like, a... It was just such a beautiful and unique design. I really like Marvel, um, like, floating, flying vehicles. They're, like, they're really cool designs. Like, their vehicles? Yeah. yeah, their vehicle designs are really They're cool. super cool. Because the, um, um, the helicarrier, that's mm-hmm. iconic. Absolutely. And I'm even thinking of this, like... I grew up with my dad's comics, so, like, mid to late... Well, I guess late 60s, early 70s um, comics, especially Fantastic Four, they had, like, the dorkiest little hover car, but it was, like, shaped almost like a a beetle or, like, a pill kind of shape from overhead, and it just had, like, a handrail all around. Probably called a... The Fantastic Car? That could be it. (laughs) It was, like, really dorky looking, but very elegant, and, like, I love looking back on it. I'm like, man, that thing was so cool. But then it's like split into like four separate. Yeah, like parts. exactly. They each had their own their own component uh, of it because it could split apart into four. Like the most boring looking Megazord of all time, where it's just like a handrail and a steering wheel with a seat, <laughs> and you can just kind of launch off. Um, but it was really cool. Whoever was designing those vehicles did a great job. I, I'm not sure it's the same person necessarily, but that design ethos was fantastic, and still is. Like you're right, the helicarrier is really cool. It is 100% called a fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so yeah, X-Jet is a really cool one. Um, and yeah, different interpretations of that over the years have always looked cool. I like that as a way of, of getting around and visiting, you know, different continents even. We could like represent a long distance travel with with one ride on the X-Jet. Yeah, because X-Men also have a lot of very iconic locations they always go to. Yeah. That's true. So, like, uh, Moore Island in Ireland, I think? Sounds legit. Yes, that sounds right. (laughs) And then uh, Krakoa, which is, like, the living island. Yeah. Um, Asteroid M, the Savage Land. There's that one city that they always go to. New York City. That's, like... (laughs) That was a joke. They had a... There was, like, an... there was, like, a city in Asia that they always went to where all, like, the villains always hung out in. Huh. Oh, man. It was in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, but, like, the TV show Falcon and Winter Soldier. Cool. Where did they go? I'm going to have to look that up. But, like, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of locations we could also go to. Yeah, I really like that. Um, and then, yeah, the your experience on the X-Jet could also be, like, a ride, you know, where you get attacked by some mutants who can fly or something like that, or you're taking off and some sentinels just pop out of nowhere and it could just be basically a 4d motion ride where everyone's just strapped in to the x-jet and it's kind of you know maybe you get to see some good guy flyers um jump out the window and fly out there and like fight the bad guys or whatever that could be cool even just like as almost like a loading 
screen to keep you entertained while you're traveling to your destination, there can be these little like combat sequences happening. That would be pretty simple. Everyone's just strapped into their safety harness in the X-Jet. I like it. I haven't even thought about the uh, the Sentinels in a while. Uh, Sentinels have to be incorporated somewhere. I like them. I like them a lot. Um, I like whenever we have the chance to design like a giant animatronic. I think that would be so mm-hmm. cool. Like you know, picking people up, um, just kind of King Konging around. I think uh, is a pretty fun thing. <laughs> um, yeah, having that attraction where you get picked up by one and like you know moved around. They shake you around a little bit. And then, you know, Wolverine jumps up or gets like a cannonball specialed or something and chops the Sentinel's head off and then you oh, man. L- fall to the ground. I would love to be thrown by Columbus. Oh, wait a minute. Is that an attraction right there? I, I don't know. It's like a slingshot <laughs> Yeah, ride, it's a premium like... attraction. You got to sign a waiver for that. But uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> launch you out of a cannon. Sure. It's uh, it just looks like Colossus is chucking you. It's just like a giant hand. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Colossus is a cool character. Um, yeah. Hmm. Let's see. So, like, okay, so X-Jet to get around, mm-hmm. and then each X-Jet rides its own ride, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, what other rides do you think? I I like the idea of kind of spotlighting different X-Men characters, like, like or at least one with each kind of, like, type of power. Um... You know, someone like super strength, you could have kind of like um, a ride where you are traveling around with this character. So I don't know if it's like yeah. they're running in front of a car. Like, let's say maybe the people riding on the vehicle or riding in the on the attraction are in like taxis driving through a city. And there's Colossus in front of you just running and like smashing things over and like making a pathway for you to keep driving like safely. I think that'd be really yeah. fun. Or it could even be a train type situation, almost like that scene in Spider-Man, like where you're just kind of a civilian watching the, the feats of strength of this superpowered person. Um, and that was just kind of like a random example I was making up as we went by, but like, you know, a character who can fly obviously has, can have an attraction where you're flying around with them. People with super speed can have really fast roller coasters where you get to like kind of see what, feel what it would be like to run as fast as like Quicksilver. Quicksilver roller coaster. Yeah. And then you can have, um, you know, a vis- video or a projection or whatever of someone running that fast alongside you. It would just be like mind blowing. Like it's cool to watch him run really fast in the movies, but like if you were moving at the same speed as him, it would be really wild. Like maybe that's physically impossible with modern day coaster technology, but we could kind of fake it. We could make it feel like that. Yeah, It'd be awesome. It involve a lot of fans. <laughs> right? It's just a lot of fans. I like that. Um, or it could be in like a, a, a tunnel of screens where it like looks like the world is flying past you even faster than it actually is. Like you're going really fast, but the screens make everything look like it's going super fast. I think that's what the Mario Kart ride does because it's all it's almost all screens, oh, but then like cool. it looks like they're blurring, so it looks like you're speeding off. It's a pretty good solution for that problem. That is awesome. something relating to magneto because he is he's the best magneto was right yeah magneto is really cool um what do you mean magneto was right first of all 
No, it's a it's a t-shirt that Quinn Inquire wears in the comics a lot. Just oh my to, gosh! Like, piss off everybody. <laughs> just says Magneto was right. That's amazing. And yeah, that's a really fascinating character too. Um, but his power of of being able to control anything metal and like magnetic fields, it definitely translates to like a steel roller coaster. I think like you could. I mean, I hate to put VR headsets on everything, but imagine if you were on a roller coaster and then. Or maybe it's just even like a boring ride, like you're on like a kiddie coaster or something. Like you get on it, like it's a roller coaster, <laughs> but it's like little kid seats, and like it looks like it's gonna be, you know, Cap. Uh, what's it called? Not <laughs> Captain Toad. Oh my god, uh, Mr. Toad's <laughs> Wild Ride or whatever. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna make a Magneto-related Mr. Toad ride. Yeah, no. I disagree. What I mean is, I think when you're getting on it, it looks like a really innocent, like normal coaster, but then magneto just like picks your car up like off the tracks and like sends you flying around and so the actual roller coaster that you're physically flying on is a really high thrills coaster but to you when you're getting in on the coaster it looks like it's going to be something simple and straightforward and easy and then magneto starts like whirling your car around like throwing you through the air and flying above you and like doing crazy stuff to you and like flipping your car all around but your car is obviously made of metal so he can easily control and manipulate it that's awesome. <laughs> I think it'd be wild. It doesn't have to be Mr. Toad. That's fine. I was just trying to come up with like kind of a safe looking ride vehicle. Um, and then it just goes through the most like high thrills <laughs> coaster experience ever. That'd be awesome. Uh, there were, I Also, Deadpool has to be in here somewhere. Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, when, we, when we started talking like about Colossus, I was like, their <laughs> dynamic in Deadpool 2 is so good. <sighs> I mean, Deadpool with anybody is really good. He, yeah. He really works well with, like, the more straight-laced characters. Right. Because he's, like, the crazy to like, <laughs> not crazy. He does need a straight man once in a while. So him and Colossus work really well. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, you could just do... Maybe there's a couple of, like, key moments throughout the day where it's, like, Deadpool hour, where Deadpool, is, like, takes over every single attraction. <laughs> like, if it's normally a Kitty Pride attraction... Now it's Kitty Pride plus Deadpool and like so, Deadpool. <laughs> so it just like changes the the audio and like the animatronics or whatever, like all of the stuff is just like, well, Deadpool's here too now, like messing everything up and creating like a variant version of all the attractions and um suddenly the X jet is like spray painted all over or like I don't know. There's all the food vendors switch over to be like chimichangas and stuff. I think I like the idea of, of it just being Deadpool land all the time, but also I think that's, I feel like... What if he's just, like, hidden in the background somewhere on every road? Ooh, that's cool. And then, like, maybe you can, like, join Deadpool's club, or, like, you can attract his attention if you find him enough times. Like, you complete the sort of Where's Waldo quest of, like, where was Deadpool on that ride, if you can find it or point to it, or you can take a picture of him or something. Then he's like, okay... I wasn't supposed to be there. Like, let's make a deal. Don't show anyone that photo. Like, you can kind of, like, blackmail Deadpool, and he can show you some, like, cool stuff. Or, like, you can pick which attraction you want him to take over. That kind of stuff uh, would be fun. Because he does work so well mixed with or mashed up with pretty much any X-Men. Just anybody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite Deadpool comic is called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and it's him, Wolverine, and Captain America. (laughs) It's a great combo. That's so cool. And they just they just go on crazy like they just go on crazy adventures for no reason. That's awesome. I yeah, I haven't read that either. I'll have to check it out. I can't think of a single X Men <laughs> character that wouldn't be 
more fun <laughs> with, with the Deadpool presence, at least once in a while. 24-7, it might get a little old, but I think, uh, yeah, leaving that as a little special flavoring once in a while, uh, or like, yeah, maybe there's just certain attractions that just are Deadpool attractions. But, uh, yeah, he's awesome. You mentioned Kitty Pride right now. Like, so Kitty Pride is like almost not almost always, but like right now she's a pirate. Okay. <laughs> so like a pirate like thing with Kitty Pride sounds amazing. That does sound really cool. I t- didn't know she was a pirate. Good for her. <laughs> amazing. I don't know. She's on a swashbuckling kick. So cool. I do love um, buckling swashes. Uh, swashing buckles? I don't know how it works. Um, but yeah, that sounds really cool. I mean, there's the pirate ride. The pirate uh, pirate ship attraction is always a fun one. I'm down. I don't know. I live in a city that, like, we celebrate pirates literally every month. So I'm <laughs> down with anything for pirates. Cool. Um, at least, you know, the, the um, sanitized, cleaned up Disney version of pirates. Uh, not the real ones. Not the Somali ones. You know, it's uh, the fun pirates. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I can't. Man. If, if Disney adds Somali pirates to Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> There's a gritty geez, reboot of Pirates of the Caribbean. People will be so mad. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that would be a totally different vibe. Um, so, let's see. What about Nightcrawler has always been one of my favorite uh x-men characters since like probably the first x-men video game i ever played i always wanted to be nightcrawler i thought he was so cool um and i don't know exactly how that would work maybe just a really odd roller coaster type experience where it's like a lot of really fast stuff for like when he's teleporting and then like it kind of slows down and like does one of those things where you feel kind of weightless for a minute when he's like stopped and then it's like a stop and go type of coaster i guess yeah sounds really unpleasant on the uh the old skeletal system but um It'd be cool. <laughs> and it'd be it fun. Sounds painful, but I'd be down. Yeah. Maybe a... It's better than the idea I had where it would be him, like, reading scripture to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on, on Sundays, maybe there's, like, a, a special service you can go to. A special service <laughs> with, uh, with the blue demon-looking guy? Yeah. Man, I wonder, yeah, the religious affiliations of different uh, X-Men characters. That's a curious thing to think about. <laughs> I think that's the only one I know, and he's, like, super Catholic. Yeah, so. yeah. He's... I don't know. I could see Colossus being some kind of believer of something. Interesting. No, Kitty Pride is Jewish. That's the, that's the only other Nice. Thing. Good for her. She brings that up a lot. For some really? Reason. I've read a lot of X-Men <laughs> Cool. Well, that's awesome. Um, I, I have a feeling that Magneto is Jewish. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he in the Holocaust? Yes, he was in the Holocaust. You're right. Uh, man. Uh, yeah, uh, some of these characters have uh, that's some his, tragic backstories. That's backstory. his evil backstory. How could we forget that? Right, exactly. You know, Magneto was right, after all. Um, <laughs> what does a Wolverine ride look like? Or experience? Doesn't have to be right. Um, I feel like there would be a lot of ninjas. So weird. I was literally going to say Fruit Ninja, like, as a joke. Um, but, yeah, ninjas work. I like I like Wolverine in Japan. That's always a cool thing. Yeah, I like Wolverine the most when he's in Japan. Yeah. So, Wolverine with a katana. Not the, like, brooding in Canada stuff. Yeah, come on. Samurai swords in Japan. Right. 
I was going to say it's so cliche to just be like brooding in Canada, but it's probably more cliche to have a katana in Japan. So, <laughs> That's so true. you know, but which one's more interesting? Mm, yes. I would pay more money to see someone with a katana in Japan than brooding in Canada. <laughs> I mean, it's like a hundred degrees where I am. So like, in Canada sounds nice right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know how cold it is up there. Um, yeah, I don't know either. It depends on where you go, I guess. It's a big, oh. uh, big country but uh that sounds cool do you think it'd be like a stunt show type type of thing or is it is it a vr thing what do you see it as hmm. i don't know it could be like one of those like theater shows where everybody's sitting down and yeah around, or... you could do that mix with a stunt show mm-hmm. i don't know I, like why not that's true i mean the stunt shows here could be absolutely insane because there's so many like feats of strength and like just everyone has superpowers and just seeing those on display in a big, you know, yeah. fight, big brawl with like characters rotating in and out would be absolutely amazing. Like a battle royale type thing of, of tons of X-Men characters. Um, and you could do your pyrotechnics there and like all kinds of different, you know, controllable substances flying around. And I don't mean like controlled substances like drugs. I mean like, yeah. you know, shooting plasma, shooting sparks and fire and, Tornadoes and all that stuff. Like flamethrowers. Yeah, it could be really cool. Ooh, like a pyro flamethrower, like fire show. That sounds awesome. Yeah. But like stuff like this could just randomly happen, like right. anywhere on the. Planet. I love the idea of it. Yeah, just erupting kind of organically. Um, dude, that's really cool. Especially, I always like kind of the detective angle, or like where um, part guests, if they're really involved or extra or they like solving puzzles can figure out like the plans of the bad guys and when it's going to go down and so if you can get to that place at four o'clock when you know that the whatever is going to happen you can go there and there's going to be one of these big stunt shows that'll just kind of break out like flash mob style um where it doesn't even look like a stage you know just looks like a normal street with like a high-rise building but actually, you know, all the safety rigs are, are harnessed up so people can be, like, running up the walls and, like, the windows can explode out and all the crazy stuff can happen um, where the audience just is just kind of standing there walking down the street and then, like, things start erupting. Like, as if you actually lived in New York City where the X-Men were, were fighting somebody. It'd be so crazy. That level of, like, interactivity, that is definitely the future. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. In, the, in like, performance-based stuff... Um, it would be so cool if the actors are able to improvise a little bit or interact with the audience a little bit or um, maybe even someone who is just walking around kind of in plain clothes, they just look like a park guest, can suddenly, you know, t- take off their overcoat or whatever and they have like a 90s X-Men costume on and they can just like suddenly like that's Cyclops. Like he takes off his sunglasses and can like blast plasma <laughs> stuff and like melt, you know, whatever. <laughs> melt a wall. Yeah. And then Deadpool's behind that wall. <laughs> Deadpool's on the toilet on the other side of that wall. Oh, man. He's just, like, not again. <laughs> because, of course, Deadpool knows he's in a theme park that never ends. Right. And I think it'd be really funny, too, with Deadpool to um, do some, like, kind of third wall breaking... Third wall? Fourth wall? Fourth wall breaking stuff. Yeah. Um, where, like, yeah, he obviously knows that he's in this, and, like, maybe captions pop up, like, in reality, like, it, there's a projected, like, speech bubble or something like that, or he's, like, narrating the scene that's happening, 
Um, I think it'd be so fun to like to play with that instead of like you know all the other X Men. It's just the actor actually speaking. Whereas with Deadpool, you don't see his mouth move for one, but for two, he's always breaking the fourth wall. So you could do weird stuff where like comic panels just pop up all of a sudden, and like you could do weird quirky stuff like experimental theater stuff with him all the time. And I think that'd be really fascinating because I feel like a lot of the X Men are pretty self serious, and that's why Deadpool plays with them really well. Because he is uh, kind of different in that way. That's so true. Yeah, he he's not the only one like that. Of course, there's other characters like Warlock. Warlock doesn't take himself seriously. He's also like a weird techno organic alien, so that makes sense. <laughs> Does make sense. He's really weird. Among mutants, he is a freak. <laughs> he's, he's the weirdest. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's see. Are are there other characters that you're like that are popping to mind for you as far as like making an experience around? I'm not. I'm not sure. So like, we could do like the brother, the Brotherhood of Evil. Such a terrible name for evil. Um, or maybe even like the Empire Club. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. I feel like the Empire Club would be better as like a restaurant. Ooh, classy. Yeah, I like that. That's really cool. And then you can have kind of different, you can appreciate it as a part guest on different layers. Like you can just go there to eat, but you can also, uh, you know, maybe if you have a connection with one of the characters or you want to kind of participate in some way, you can get more interactive with it if you want to. Um, maybe that's a thing where it's like a premium experience, you know, where you're the person like uh, hosting when you get to the restaurant. And it's like, oh, do you want, do you want like to, to eat or like do you want to eat and also be a part of the show? Like you can kind of be seated in different areas where Beast is going to crash through your table um or you're going to get pulled up like you know grabbed by a sentinel or whatever like you can have these different like levels of interactivity that you can sign up for where if you don't want anyone to like touch you or you don't want to be involved in the storyline you can just sit there safely and eat and watch everybody else get destroyed um i think that that would be fun yeah, but who's gonna want that <laughs> right I that would, i'm pretty sure that'd be empty because if I like so. a sentinel reaches through a wall and grabs me as i'm like eating my burger i'm down <laughs> Yeah, but but if you drop your burger, you're gonna want to get a refund. You know what I mean? Like, it's a oh, spectrum. Yeah, no refunds, <laughs> <really good laughs> That's true. The waiver is like, your your bones may be broken, uh, your your soul may be scarred, you may have nightmares the rest of your life, and you might drop your burger. If that's okay, then sign this. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so upsetting. <laughs> it is upsetting, right? It's that's the worst part. I mean, other characters. Can we do like a Days of Future Past? That's world cool. Where yeah, a whole world. Now with like Bishop. Yeah, there's enough characters with like time travel abilities and stuff. Um, that's totally reasonable. I think yeah, Legion can do time travel stuff. Uh, Legion can do anything. Yeah, Phoenix related stuff can do time travel stuff. I think Franklin can do time travel stuff. Um, Franklin Richardson. Yeah, he could warp reality to his own whim. So. Yeah, we've got we got a lot of ins. If you need time travel, we got your person right here. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's literally there's a, there's a come I forgot when this happened. Cable pulls the young X Men from like the seventies into like modern times wow. to like show them that they become jerks. Cool. He's like, look, don't become these guys. They're terrible. And then he couldn't bring them back to their own timeline. Whoa, 
that, there's so much storytelling potential too. Like when you have power, like characters that are this powerful, like, I mean, I think that's probably why people like writing the X-Men and why people are still reading X-Men comics is like anything is possible. (laughs) And like, we're going to have fascinating characters to be there experiencing it and causing it and, you know, manipulating it. And like, uh, it's so exciting to think about the storytelling potential of, of being able to walk through the world of the X-Men. It's really cool. You can do something with magic, because magic has her own, like, demon world that she can teleport people into. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, like the underworld thing. Yeah, forget what that's, that's super cool. Wow. Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. That is not a bad idea. I like, uh, yeah, time travel stuff brings up a lot. Like, we could do some cable-related things. Um, this is a small indulgence, but I go to, like, half-price books-type places pretty often, and when I'm at a comic book shop, I look through the old stuff. Um, I have this odd collection. Nobody steal my idea, but my the thing I steal is, or I steal, <laughs> the thing I buy, legally purchase, the thing I collect, um, is there are sort of, like, weird time periods especially in the 90s when they wanted to give every character really long flowing hair so like if there's a cover and it's any superhero with long hair who doesn't normally have long hair it's like i need to have this um but yeah there's uh there's a period where cable had really long hair and i'm I'm super into it um so yeah anyway i love cable such a cool like iconic character from my childhood like i remember having one of my earliest comic books was like it had cable on the cover and like he's like it's like holographic like there's a lot of the metallic gold stuff um on oh, it yeah so cool and like his eye he has so many cool design features to him and his storyline and his background is so complicated and convoluted and really cool um that i love the idea of having some cable stuff that's maybe set over different timelines and and involves going back and forth throughout would be really cool i always i always really liked uh bishop who was like yeah. cable. totally Bishop's a really cool character, too. Who also has very long hair for no reason. (laughs) I mean, style points, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think some kind of Bishop Cable experience would be really cool. I think that's a neat combo. Uh, And you could throw in Hope, who is... Hope is Cable's adopted daughter, maybe? I forget. Probably. Yeah. It gets complicated when... When uh, Scott Summers and Jean Grey are like reproducing in various different ways, there's a lot of a lot of offspring. I don't know how they're all connected, and it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> they have a, a wide and unusual family from various timelines and methods of babies coming from places. And <laughs> I said that in a weird way. Oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's that. And then I guess one last character who should have a ride would, has to be Apocalypse. We have to do something with like the big, the big bad. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, what are you picturing? Like, is it a big epic fight scene type thing? I don't know. Maybe he like maybe it's like an interactive thing where like he chooses people out of the audience to be his like four horsemen. Cool. That's neat. And then those are like specific roles they play within the the experience yeah cool i like that a lot that's that sounds fun and then the audience can be just kind of onlookers in this whole big thing going on 
Yeah, maybe like a huge. Maybe everything just culminates to like a huge fight against Apocalypse. Cool. Yeah, it could be like maybe the whole park is just like training to go fight against Apocalypse. Yeah, I like the kind of the idea of it being kind of a time-based experience, like a sequence of events, like. You get there and you go through the academy. Like, that's literally your entrance. You're literally going through the academy. Um, you're figuring out your powers. Like, maybe you're honing them in different parts where there's interactive moments for your kind of power. And then you're training for this big event, that this big showdown that happens, you know, maybe a couple times a day. Maybe there's, like, a big showdown battle at noon and then a big one, like, at 8 p.m. or something. And it's like you're you're there with the express purpose of trying to join in this huge mmo type experience of uh battling this big dude um and you can also yeah make friends with the different x-men throughout the day and like maybe they all show up at the end there so like there could be some kind of connection with you know your your three favorite or most interacted with x-men um come to defend you at a certain point like that there could be kind of a, a customized moment um i'm picturing like if it's set up so it's like a one big battle with all kinds of people you can kind of like cut to different camera angles or something. And there can be one where it's like customized to the individual who's watching it. Like if it's a VR thing, it's like, Oh, here's your three people coming up to defend you all of a sudden. And then it's like, that's totally customized to each individual person. Yeah. Maybe even at the end you get like, like, uh, like a video reel of you going through training and fighting. So it'd be like a montage. Somehow they like, yeah, like a a training montage. Dude. That's like your gift at the end of the day is a like a training montage video of you like fight like training and then fighting apocalypse at the end. That's so cool. I really love that. Um, and then you can maybe pick different like voiceover options where it can be, you know, <laughs> robot Stanley's voice. It can be uh, Deadpool's <laughs> <Robot> voice. <laughs> it could be you narrating your own story. <sighs> I think that's super cool. Oh, man. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds super you fun. Pay, you have to pay extra for Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, or, or, yeah, we could have, like, some kind of weird thing where it's, like, you can only get Deadpool if you win the, like, spin-the-wheel random little carnival game, I think. Or if you, like, find them in all the attractions. Yeah, yeah, you get all the, like, Deadpool stickers. Like, I feel like Deadpool would be, like, collecting... I don't know, scratch and stiff, scratch and stiff stickers. Just would have like a sticker book. Yeah. Put like stamps in. <laughs> it's like a, like Disney uh, mascot, you know, book where you're trying to like get all the signatures. It's like, you just want to get a bunch of Deadpool. Like he's the only one who will sign those. He's the only one who pays attention to those, but he loves giving autographs or something. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he's trying to collect. Oh wait, that could be it. He's your quest giver for that, for getting signatures from all the different, like really famous X-Men. And it's because Deadpool wants it. Cause He's weird. He wants it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you trade it in for your like your training matcha. Yeah, and then he just puts it through a shredder and is like, "Be your own hero, kids." <laughs> like, wait, why did you? Uh, I'm into it. Uh, that that's perfect. <laughs> Be your own hero. Such an agent of chaos, and I love it. Amazing. This is so good, dude. Wow. Once again, we made a theme park that I want to go to. You know, I hate when that happens. <laughs> this was like a super easy one to talk about, and not because we solved the entire problem within 20 minutes when we like, figured out the danger. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are so many X-Men we could go into. Sorry, everybody, we didn't give shout-outs to on this episode, but um, you know who you are. Um, um, you know you're special. Yeah, like uh, Jean Grey and Beast, uh, 
Cypher. Cypher's another one of my favorite. Cypher's pretty cool. I always loved Beast 2 for some reason. Um, well, I think I know why, because he's super strong, super cool looking, and super smart. It's like, well, obviously, if you can be everything, then just be everything. Yeah. Except for, like, the movie versions of Beast, where he's just yeah. a jerk. Yeah, it's true. Um, I was excited to see him, like, hanging upside down and, like, doing flips and stuff, but the rest of it... Take it or leave it. Uh, Legion didn't get much of a reference. Yeah, there's so many people that that deserve big time shout outs and ups. This is one a topic that would be really rich for revisiting too, because there are so many X Men. Yeah, but Gambit. Oh shoot, Gambit's amazing. How did I forget? Has to be like a uh, a Creole like restaurant, like a a New Orleans. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a restaurant. Yeah, and like Uh, a gambling place maybe. Yeah, like in in the back of the restaurant, like there's like a gambling. And think of all the, like, cool card tricks you could do. Like, you could have someone who's really good at card flourishes to, like, play Gambit. Man, that's another really attractive character for to me for some reason. He's a super cool dude. That's amazing. Um, I loved him in the cartoon. I also really loved Jubilee. Um, she's the only X-Men I've ever dressed up as. Like, I was her for Halloween in, like, 2014. Um, just the iconic classic 90s costume. Good times. Uh, she's a super cool character. And... Uh, yeah. A lot of love for the never, X-Men. You've never, never dressed up as an X-Men? Oh, no. Bummer. Oh, no, there's not a, like, a lot of like X-Men like of color. Like, there's Bishop. There's hey, you could be Bishop. Like, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Wow. Can you imagine me being like 10 and drawing on a goatee? <laughs> get M over my eye? No. Why is that? Power Rangers, though. Okay. Okay. Uh... I am flabbergasted right now. The the there's such clear parallels between Professor Xavier and Magneto with MLK and Malcolm X. Like, how are there not more X Men of color? That is bizarre. We talked about diversity so much in this podcast. Like, what? I mean, but like the X Men themselves are like are like an analogy of like the strife that like people of color or like people of different races go through so i guess that's enough but not enough for me to cost that sounds like it's just like oh you know they took this plot line from the actual reality of people of color and we just cast it with all white actors like what's the problem like we're telling your story right uh that's but also we got like sunfire who's brazilian and thunderbird he's native I mean, it's just... Hey, there's it's, several Thunderbirds, thank you very much. They're actually the most diverse cast. Of, <laughs> out of super... Yeah, superhero I guess you're right, out of superhero teams. Uh, you've got Storm. Yeah, no. I mean, yes, Storm's great. There is Storm. You've got, you've got your token character there. Like, nailed it. Yeah. We're good. There's representation. We checked the box. I would not be able to fit into anything Storm wears. So. <laughs> oh, man. That is not happening. I think Thunderbird would be relatively straightforward, or Warpath... Um. Yeah, there should be way more options. Also, you can always cosplay anybody you want to. Like, it doesn't have to match the skin tone on the page or anything. But like, that is pretty messed up, and it's also kind of gross that I didn't even really realize how huge of a problem that was. Gross. I mean, there's more now. There's um, geez. um, not Tempest. Um, there's a new healer guy who's part of another team. Um, there's 
Gold Balls? Gold Balls is he's a Hispanic. <laughs> Do you know who Gold Balls is? No. <laughs> Uh, I'm googling. Okay, so after Avengers vs. X-Men, there's like new mutants that popped up around the world, and like Cyclops picked them up to make a whole new team. And then one of them was this guy named Gold Balls, and he just shoots gold balls out of his body. Oh. That's, that's all of his power is. <laughs> uh, they kind of retconned it for like House of X, Powers X, they retconned it a little bit. Apparently the gold balls were actually eggs, but like, that's, that's his whole not power, it's just balls. <laughs> it's not any better. Oh my gosh. Um, his codename is now Egg, too. That's way better. Oh, is that? <laughs> According is to Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I got a new idea for that Gold Balls guy. You know how his his character was not cool, not hip? Uh, we're going to change him to be... He, so listen, the Gold Balls are now Eggs, and Gold Balls <laughs> is now Egg. Huh? Is that great? <laughs> Uh, yeah, his abilities uh, on Wikipedia. Ability to project non-viable golden ball-shaped eggs from skin. Well, yeah, that's, it takes that's right. all stripes to form the X-Men. And, you know, without gold balls, it wouldn't be a full rainbow. So. Oh, God, his name is Egg. Yeah, sorry, Egg. <laughs> sorry, he prefers to be called Egg these days. Jeepers, creepers, what a world. Um, Yeah. Peter, thank you for being here, man. I really appreciate you being yeah, on the show. Great. Yeah, that was really fun. That like flew by. That was a blast. I am excited to check out your new podcast. You said it's on Twitter and then podcasts. I mean, we have a Twitter. It's going to be on Spotify and iTunes and all those other places. So yeah. So oh, what's the uh, the handle again? Where can we find your podcast? The Test Reel. So uh, the handle is at Test Reel Pod. Real R E E L. Um, and yeah, that's on Twitter and then, yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Um, that's, that's all we got so far. I'm still working on like the website and stuff. Yeah, of course. That stuff always will follow. Once the content is there, then you need a place to put it. Um, is there anywhere else on the internet you'd like to send people to check out your stuff? No, um, I'm always on Twitter at Zen Zuma, Z-E-N-Z-O-O-M-A. And I just tweet me things. Cool. Sounds good. That's that's exciting. I'm excited to uh, to keep an eye out for that and to check it out. And again, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you returning after all these years. Yeah, no, no, I I love the podcast. Oh, jeez, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah.